Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti and welcome to Venice Talks, a podcast series about Venice in Italy. My name is Monica Cesarato and I am a Venetian food and travel blogger. I'm going to put my insider knowledge at your disposal to help you discover Venice at 360 degrees. Each week I will be chatting to the people who really matter, the Venetian. So follow me on the discovery of his artisans, writers, fashion designers, artists, glassmakers, bloggers and much, much more. Come to visit Venice the right and sustainable way. You can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com and also on all social media. Enjoy the episode! Welcome back to Venice Talks, episode number 43. Hi everybody and welcome back to Venice Talks. Today my special guest is a very dear friend, uh, one of the pillars of Venetian uh, cuisine and it is Sergio Fragiacomo from the restaurant uh, Il Bistro Venise. Ciao Sergio, how are you? I am fine, thank you. Thank you to be here to enjoy our space and our and my time. No, thank you. Oh, first of all, I want to thank him because, of course, I'm doing the uh, we're doing the interview, but I just ate some amazing food here as usual, and so I feel sorry for you guys that are listening now, but I had a very good food here. <laughs> so you definitely got to come into this wonderful restaurant. It is actually the only one in Venice that does historic Venetian cuisine. Am I right? Correct. Yes, it's true. After 20 years. Uh, no one up to now decided to follow our our path, our itinerary, and uh, and it's a sign of uh, independence from the usual and current uh, dishes that are uh, well presented from most of our restaurants in Venice. But we try to distinguish ourselves from from the usual. Uh, from the usual uh, proposal, I would say. Sorry, very sorry for my English, but this is uh, oh my, my condition. No, <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so let's start talking about the bistro. So you said that you, it's about 20 years or more that you've been open. 20, we, are t- op- we open on a 1993. Okay, so you're celebrating. The 30s, yeah, correct. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah, you're celebrating this, this year. The 30s, and we're celebrating with the, with the issue of uh, uh, our book uh, that contains all the the history of all the events that happened here, because Bistro is not only a restaurant but mm-hmm. it's a kind of uh, uh, cultural uh, coin uh, right in the center of this old city. Yeah, because that's uh, the particular thing about this restaurant. As you were saying, it's not just a restaurant, it's a place where you have events, presentation of books, presentation of photography, presentation of uh, painters. All the artists come here and uh, you know introduce their uh, works of art to, to the city. Why did you decide to have this restaurant to be like this rather than just be a restaurant? Well, there has to be a name, something, a kind of special feeling uh, for the person who come in. And I decided because at that time, because there was no, uh, there were no sites where you could join local culture, um, poetry, and uh, simple food at the beginning, because it was a simple food at the beginning, with a hint of uh, French style, because uh, it reminded uh, me, maybe, to the Café Littéraire of the beginning of mm-hmm. the uh, 19th and 20th century in France. So uh, I thought that the, the, this kind of name 
might have had to, to understand what was the Bistro de Venise mm-hmm. at that time, but it's we keep doing the same after 30 years. Mm-hmm. So we still have uh, uh, poetry encounters, uh, art exhibitions, uh, friends coming and spending some uh, couple hours uh, with uh, in in the bar area. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, uh, so two main things that characterize the, your restaurant that makes it so different, I think, from all of the other restaurants in Venice. Number one, you love for wine and your wine cart it is impressive. And the fact also that you have one of the best sommeliers in, in Italy, if not in the world. Why this particular love? I mean, you do have, for me, I think, much more than other restaurants have in the city when it comes down to wine. Why is that? Well, um, we started, as I said, 30 years ago, so 1993, and for the first seven, eight years, uh, we were well involved into a kind of community with poets, musicians, uh, and but this was a very hard work to me and, uh, and to my family. And so I wanted to keep my family in a safe corner. And uh, at uh, once I decided after eight years uh, to stop with the night events mm-hmm. and restart with the shape, with a kind of uh, research on the uh, ancient uh, mm-hmm. roots of the Venetian food and the ancient roots of the, of the um, wines in, in the area, in mm-hmm. the northeast. And this is the reason that allowed me to start with a kind of uh, special attention mm-hmm. to ancient recipes and to ancient grapes. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, I, I involved the Ampelographic um, Institute of the region, mm-hmm. which was very helpful to bring here those, uh, um, um, how do you say, the elevatory, um, uh, how do you say, uh, wine oh, producers? Oh, yeah, yeah, but winners and wine producers. Uh, winners yeah. and winners, yeah, that uh, were had by the institute to uh, represent uh, the old grapes that were disappearing. Oh, yes. Uh, and this was the reason why I've been involved uh, in, in that matter. And then I decided to to be more prepared by taking the the license of uh, uh, the Italian uh, Association of Sommelierie, mm-hmm. and and then this uh, kind of friendness uh, brought me people well prepared, mm-hmm. and one of these is Stefano Cipollato, which is uh, one of the master of wines. Uh, and that I got to say, watch this space because he has agreed to do an interview. So watch this space in the next few weeks. I will interview Stefano and we'll talk about the Veneto wines with him. So, so sorry about that. <laughs> so the real reason was to bring some more culture about food and wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, our roots are, are very deep in the past. So mm. uh, I think there's a lot of things to, to say, to, to present to our guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives a hint of uh, speciality, I would say, and uh, and that people normally bring home, mm-hmm. uh, brings back home with, uh, with like a little treasure, I would yes. say, a little jewel that makes part of his 
travel, you know. Because in, also you have some very vintage and rare wines here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we, would you know which be oh, yeah. rarest well, wine you uh, have? Uh, Recantina, for example, is, uh, is one of the wines that we still think that might become very important. It was uh, uh, mentioned on the 17th century uh, um, uh, agriculture uh, books uh, okay. of that time, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, the Lino Forner, who's uh, an old guy now, and he lives in the Aslo area, mm-hmm. uh, with the help of the Ampelographic Institute, as I said, started 30 years to cultivate uh, the Recantina again. Okay. Now it's, official, it's an official wine um, recognized by the authority, the local authority, and uh, it's uh, one of our uh, uh, medals, I would say, mm-hmm. because uh, we brought uh, the wine of Lino Forner to Venice, mm-hmm. and nobody uh, even Has, knew that, okay. even knew the existence of this grape, you know. Okay. As far as uh, the uh, Emilio Buffon, which is an institution of the uh, wine culture in mm-hmm. the Northeast region, not only Veneto, but also Friuli. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were the first that brought his wines here. Uh, uh, the Chalin, the um, Piccolit Neri and some others that if you try to find somewhere else you do not find it at mm-hmm. all because uh, it's a kind of uh, secret uh, um, secret uh, alliance I would say if you understand what I yeah, mean yeah, of course, yeah. uh, so you, you will find here not only the the big names, uh, which are a master, uh, but only the the small vineyards that uh, still doing what they mm-hmm. aim to do uh, with a kind of uh, uh, of of, of uh, uh, tradition mm-hmm. which w- was going to lose to be lost. Mm-hmm. To be lost. I, I love it because your wine card is actually b- uh, three times bigger than your menu. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, when you have your white cover, you open it's like it's a book. Four. It's a book. How many how many labels do you do you know how many labels you actually no, have? We, well, the, the the wine book is very heavy, I would say. It would definitely heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely heavy. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, we try to introduce uh, our wines uh, with all the information that might mm-hmm. be helpful to the reader mm-hmm. in terms of. Uh, um, of uh, grade, of uh, uh, acidity, of uh, um, uh, quantity Mm -hmm. per hectare, and many information. So we we keep uh, 10 wines in a page. Mm -hmm. Means that with uh, 300 labels, uh, we have 30 heavy pages of contents, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but it's because uh, here it's not just about drinking wine when you come here, it's having the experience. I mean, because I love it because, uh, I mean, I've been here many times and I I mean, I think today for the first time I actually drank the same wine, but generally it's always a different wine and uh, I, all of your stuff, not just Stefan, all of your stuff is very well prepared in 
helping the people choosing the right uh, uh, the right pairing, which is so important. And I, I, we were discussing it before me and you and uh, yeah, Stefano yeah, yeah. about how people should be taught how to order wine. It's not just a question of uh, walking in and say, "Oh, I want a Chardonnay." Uh, no, no. Mm. You. What we hope that people. Uh, when they read something about Bistro de Venise, they might come with an idea to discover something mm. uh, with the help of people that know his job, know what you eat, and know exactly the to match your food with the right wines. Yeah. Uh, we do not push the, the expensive labels like many normally do, yeah. but we try to to give some something more different by by yeah by giving a different choice yeah. with a, even very low prices. So back to the food. How did the love for ancient Venetian cuisine was born for you, and why did well, you decide to pro- to propose in the restaurant instead of just being like any other yes, restaurant in yes, Venice yes. with a normal uh, you know? But maybe it would have been easier. Let's say. I'm a very strange guy. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm not used to to do what others do. Before, and on which I totally understand you. I know we totally well, understand uh, on which. I, I want which. to talk about me, but it's true. I mean, uh, I changed uh, five, six times my life. So before the Bistro de Venise, I opened the first pub in Venice. But um, and then I moved to this idea that was very. Intriguing, I mean, intriguing, how would you yeah, say intriguing, yeah. And yeah. uh, well, anyway, after this first seven, eight years of uh, big uh, fight uh, with, uh, with all the events, uh, music, cabaret, mm-hmm. whatever else, poetry, and so on, uh, a friend of mine from the, from the Biblioteca Marciana, who uh-huh. was the visa director, of the Biblioteca Marciana, which is the main institution in Venice about uh, past culture. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Marcello Brusegan, mm-hmm. very good Very friend, famous writer as well. Also very famous writer. And he brought me a French writer that uh, just edited the, the book about the Cucina di Apicio, mm-hmm. the Roman cuisine of the, mm-hmm. of the ancient times, I would say. And with him, he introduced me uh, very shortly, this uh, person who was interested to do something about uh, the ancient recipes of the Venetian cuisine. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the help of uh, uh, Marcello, that brought me some, the first books, uh, and uh, with uh, with, uh, Michel Tesser, who was the... Uh, French writers. We 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 made a book about the, the Venetian cuisine, the the old the old roots of the Venetian cuisine, I would say, and uh, this was just the starting point. Uh, uh, that uh, then I've um, uh, been surrounded by friends and people that uh, knew very well how to manage these uh, recipes uh, and we started by doing something very strange uh, for Venetians, uh, mm-hmm. for local people and we had uh, to, to we, we, we needed a long time to be recognized to do something mm-hmm. new because uh, the pastimes were something 
different from the normal times. Yeah. Also because uh, people confuse tradition as in something that's been yeah. done for one or two generations yeah. with uh, historic. That is something Correct. that goes back way, way yeah. many generations. And yeah. people say, oh, it's always been done that way. But not <laughs> what really. Do you, what do you, what do you what mean? Do you that's because your grandma did it. That doesn't mean... Your great 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 grandma did it that way. Correct, yeah, yeah, totally. Un I totally understand that. Yeah. But, but uh, the 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 real curiosity was that uh, it it belonged to to our culture. Uh, the the population that came to Venice from the Armenians, from the Jewish, uh, from the Greeks, uh, they left something. So I think that the Venetian at the very end, I think that the Venetian cuisine is no more than a big, a big mix of these cultures mm -hmm. that uh, uh, still leave some traces at our time. Mm -hmm. uh, and we um, simply try to represent it in a, let's say, um, not modern way, but uh, in a way that it's edible. Yes, adapted. You're adapting <laughs> it to the, today's palate, uh, of course. Today's yeah. palate. But did, you didn't have to do that much uh, work. Well, on it, we had you? we had to reduce some quantity of the spices. Okay, really. of course. Yeah. Some ingredients were not were not uh, possible to 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 use to, to use again. Uh, and uh, we reduced the doses essentially mm -hmm. and some dishes are really uh, I would say um, as it was in the past mm -hmm. some of them, not mm -hmm. only some of them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a couple of dishes that are the representation of uh, the 14th century uh, uh, presentation. Also, say. because you 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 base many of your recipes on the old book by Cuoco Anonimo, right? Yeah, Cuoco Anonimo normally was uh, um, 135 recipes that goes back to the 14th century, end of the 14th century. But then we have Maestro Martino. Yeah. Then we have Bartolomeo Scappi. Then we have. Uh, Teofilo Folengo, then we have uh, uh, Tirelli, then we have uh, up to the 18th, 19th century, you know. Uh, there's, a, there's a big mix of uh, um, suggestions that come from different tastes. The sweet and sour was, mm -hmm. uh, is the base, yeah. is basically. Uh, but not only, not only the sweet and sour or the, the chivira of the 14th, 15th century, uh, then mm, was followed by the chivita in France and many, many, many uh, recipes of the uh, French cuisine mm -hmm. of the 17th century comes from Venice, mm -hmm, I would mm -hmm. say. Uh, don't say nothing to the French people because course, I, <laughs> but it's true yeah. the, 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 well, the origin, sugar, the name sugar was, was the discovered sugar, by the, the Venetians and the French developed the patisserie but it was yeah. us yeah. We, we, you know, yeah, many sources come from, yeah. from it's very interesting tradition. how uh, you know, talking, going back to the fact that people think tradition goes back to only a couple of uh, you know, generations, couple how, generations. Fish, how people have got this totally wrong idea of what Venetian cuisine is actually like because they based themselves on of a let's say the cuisine that was born after the 60s let's yeah, say yeah, yeah. after the post-war yeah, when yeah, yeah. instead uh, you know the, the fact that for example nowadays very rare to find in, in restaurants uh, uh, the uh, birds and all the, uh, mm -hmm. the animals that were on yeah, the laguna yeah. so it's mainly fish 
yeah. when before the, the fish was uh, deserved to the poor. poor population exactly to the poor population so it was um, the um, see as, as we said uh, the, the the food of the of the popolo of the popolo of the low class i would say uh, well, about the wines, uh, I think uh, there's a lot to say. Uh, sometimes we we hope to have all the, all the time to introduce some particular wines. Uh, we, in the past, uh, uh, the the quality of the wines was based on the acidity, mm. uh, and the acidity now is not uh, uh, what people like yeah. so much. Uh, mm. But uh, it's true that the acidity of the past is now has been um, has been brought to a, a acceptable level, mm-hmm. and so we you feel something that belongs to the past, but you can drink a, yeah. a glass of wine with pleasure. It's very interesting. People, so many people do actually realize how Venice had the wine trade con- monopoly. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't just the spices and it uh, wasn't just the silk, but we had the wine. Oh uh, yes, of course, the Malvasia, the the Istrian wines, the Candia, the sweet wines, uh, and well, there is a long tradition. And in the past, in Venice, uh, the wine was mixed with water. Oh with yeah, a kind of three of three. Uh, levels of quality, you know, the very poor one with a lot of water, the, the others uh, was also big fines for people that, for trattoria, for osteria, that were used to, to um, how do you say, to make the fake wine. Yeah, 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 to mix them, too much water. Yeah, I yeah. remember uh, years ago I met, uh, I went to do um, a tour on the Arsenale. Uh-huh. And the guy, the guy was telling her that they recently found some papers mm-hmm. where they actually, they were in the Arsenale, where yeah. they actually declared uh, there was a list of things, and it were, where they were saying uh, how many barrels of water and wine per day was given to the women and children. Oh, yeah. Not the workers. The family, as the women and children, my mother would okay, right. Because, you know, that, that, that's the only way that you could drink water in those days. Otherwise, yeah, it was, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, it could be yeah. contaminated. It means that we grew with the wines instead of the milk. Yeah, I always say, I always say that if they, give me, if they take out blood of me, so come, wines come out rather than thing. Okay, so what is actually your, of all the dishes that you cook all through these years and that you research and stuff, which one is the one that is... Uh, you're the dearest to you, the yeah, one that you're the, more. The side, they ha- yeah, the your your the, the dish for you is uh, the one that you yeah. like the most. Well, you? we kept doing the ravioli with herbs. Mm, uh, but I got to with say, spices, they are probably uh, some of the best. They are like ravioli. They are yeah. probably the most delicate I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, it's, uh, they are they are at the same time very um, close to the original mm-hmm. recipe. And with uh, with a hint of the past times due to the to the spices, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's uh, it's very simple I would say, but real. Uh, I mean, there's also the sweet and sour yes. with the, the, the uh, sardines more than the the scampis, you know, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But like uh, back in the old days, the Vescampi used to have a, have a curry as well, didn't it? Uh, yes. So you did yes, a, uh, yes, Because the 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 first recipe about the uh, the sardines in Saor goes back to an old Pocononimo, uh with the. Uh, with the title of the recipe, which uh, which is cisame de pese, and cisame de pese means uh, in a dialect and then traduced in Italian, pezzi di pesce is um, pieces of pieces of with with the onions and the vinegar uh-huh. and, the, and the and the dry grapes and. And almonds instead of pine nuts. Ah, okay. And spices which are not used anymore. Okay. Uh, okay. On the current. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's explain, I mean, for people who don't, you know, I mean, I know you know si, why. Si, si. How come in Venice uh, there was this decline in using spices? And have you noticed in the last 10 years instead a rebirth of the spices in Venetian yes, cuisine? Yes. Not just in your restaurant, in general? Yes, yes. Well, uh, I hope that the, the reintroduction of spices is partially, I hope, I'm not sure, due to our work. Because I noticed that some restaurants are trying to reintroduce it, uh, and, uh, and it's uh, very reasonable, very logical. I mean, these are our roots. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, uh, why not? Uh, maybe it's... Uh, uh, without exceeding too much. Uh, yeah, not uh, having uh, levels of Venetian yeah, used to yeah, use them. But. Yeah, but, but this is uh, what we can say uh, that uh, that belong to our culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they talk me about the the fusion and the and the new waves and, and the new and the, anyway. <laughs> and the past nouvelle cuisine, which hopefully is past. <laughs> but uh, let's say that uh, we are looking for uh, a little uh, drop of culture of the past times, uh, simplicity and fragrance of the of our dishes. So how come spices went out of using Venice? Well, uh, when the decadence of the okay. city, uh, when the discover of the of the. Um, America. The itineraries, yeah. not only America, but also the itineraries through the Cape uh, uh, Cape Town. Oh, okay, so yeah. the Dutch and the English uh, moved all the all the the spices mm-hmm. up to north of Europe, and and then uh, six, fifteen, no, sixteenth century, seventeenth uh, century. This is the end of the mm-hmm. of the story of the big uh, commerce, I would say, yeah, uh, and uh, the population, well, um, w- with the end of the Serenissima, uh, the, there's a dark time, mm-hmm. so it's a dark time, but uh, a, a window will be open at that time, the stockfish, the bacala. Oh, yes. The bacala and the bacala was well known in the 16th century, coming from south north, but from mm-hmm. south through the through the Sicily and uh, regions where they still uh, 
are used to to eat bacala, stockfish, and uh, and and it was very cheap, mm-hmm. uh, well. Uh, not, like, not, like today, not like today, but it's yeah, the other way. It's not very like expensive. Today. Yeah. Well preserved because it was easy to, to, yes. to transportation and to contain it. In mm-hmm. And so it, that gave us a few in, interesting recipes that mm-hmm. we sometimes we, 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 we do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, talking about the book, and when we finish, when are you planning to, when will it be ready, more or less? Uh, yes, uh, um, we had a lot of uh, uh, important guests that took part to our events, uh, which is uh, which were held in a very little space that we have for 30, 40 people in the bar area, you know. But uh, um, it's just to say that it's a long story. So I'm gathering all the information. Uh, all the, long all the, stories, 30 years 30 of story. Years, of the, 30 years for us, it's a, it's a, a kind of uh, uh, marble. Uh, yeah. Also, because you, you, there was at one stage you were step. having events like monthly, oh, we even more. more than 1,200 oh. events. Oh my God. Yes, so between pictures, uh, tes- uh, you know, tes- testimonials, history yeah, and stuff, that's going to be like an encyclopedia. It's a good memory. <laughs> and recipes for as well. Me, as recipes as well. It's a good memory for me because uh, it brought me back to... To the beginning? To the beginning with a kind of, uh, uh, how do you say... Um, but it's a great achievement, isn't it, as well, to be able to say, 30 years on, I can put on paper what was yeah. done. And it's important as well for the history of Venice, because Venetians were very good at recording things. You know, the, the archives of Venice are full of uh, food lists. Well, but uh, <laughs> it's, like that, essentially, so. it, it belonged to, to the Venetian population, to all those uh, um, people that... Uh, contribute to organize these events and because I was just the right place to do but, but there you was also, people in a way you are keeping a record of what happened in those 30 yes, years yes yes every year there was a program you know? a printed program and yeah. that's, so that's, that helped me a lot yeah and but, but that's very important also I think for a city because you know is uh, we got records of what happened years and years and years ago yeah. but the last 30 years I think everything is online and stuff yeah, but actually yeah. A book where he actually... Yeah, we, we just fix uh, the time, you yeah. know? It's yeah, I very, think it's a great uh, idea. All, all those people that uh, um, decided to cooperate with us are very happy to know that we, it will come out uh, within, I guess, uh, four or five months, the beginning of the Yeah, wait, it takes time, yeah, yes, but yeah, 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 it's good. Many poets... Loads of photos import, as well. Yeah, a lot of photos. Many poets... Uh, uh, many of them died already. Uh, we had Jack Hirschman, for example, oh, okay. uh, 10 years ago. Uh, he was on the way to big events in Italy, invited by the uh, President of Republic, uh, you know, and the other uh, cultural operator. And he passed by Venice, and so some of the poets, of local poets, brought, brought him here. So we have a a sign, a sign. Yeah, no, not only a sign, but his, his, one of his poems oh, okay. written down in oh. our historical, I would say, 
book of poetry. Yeah, I was, uh, I was gonna yeah, ask yeah, you about yeah, your yeah. famous book that is actually as big as, uh, yeah, as yeah. massive, with yeah. kilos of book. But that's your historic book that uh, is always uh, it. uh, beautiful to see. I'm very proud of that. So, okay, we are coming to an end, right? So, first of all, if you want to come to Bistro de Venise, very easy to find because it's literally five less than five minutes walk from St. Mark's Square. So, it's a fantastic location in Calle dei Fabri, very easy, recognizable. You have a beautiful location both inside and outside. And I got to say, it is uh, so, I mean, the interiors, guys, when you walk in, is amazing. Um, they can find you on all social medias. As Bistro de Venise, as uh, Facebook, Instagram, and you got a website. You also offer lodgings if people need to, a little bit. Yeah, a little well, bit. They yeah. can just get in touch. And uh, what can I say, guys? If you want, to, oh, definitely booking because it's impossible to get a table here, and I can confirm <laughs> because it's yeah. always full. And uh, Sergio, what can I say? It's uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for lunch because it was uh, as usual mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, well, would they definitely got to tell you, you they listen to on your post of the podcast if they're gonna book. So at least uh, you know. <laughs> and I'm gonna speak to you as soon as the book comes out because we definitely got to introduce it to the people. Thank you again. Grazie mille, grazie Monica. Thank you. What a wonderful chat and definitely a wonderful dinner <laughs> with Sergio. And uh, you can find Sergio and all his uh, beautiful dishes at Bistro de Venice in Venice at www.bistrodevenice.com and on all social medias as Bistro de Venice. Thank you again for listening. If you want to book a food tour or a cooking experience with me, you can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com or at cookingvenice.com and also on all social medias with the handle at Monica Cesarato and at cookingvenice. Feel free to leave a comment or write to info at monicacesarato.com for more information about the people featuring the podcast or Venice. Bye-bye! Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.